Welcome to the Week 18 Sit Start Podcast. I am Eric Smith, and I am joined by Ryan Heath. We are coming to you a day later this week. Uh, we always kind of plan to do it this week for Sit Start a day later because there's no Thursday game. Uh, but with the DeMar Hamlin situation, uh, honestly, this was the first day that I wanted to talk about uh, fantasy football to any extent. So um, we are here today. We wanted to do kind of a little intro here, just our thoughts on uh, DeMar Hamlin and the whole situation. So um, obviously, uh, there was some good news today. Uh, it's very encouraging. Um, our thoughts are with him and his family and everyone affected, all the teammates, everyone on the field. Uh, it was obviously very scary. Um, we are not uh, beat reporters. We are not medical experts. So we are not going to deal with a lot of that today. But Ryan and I kind of thought we had some perspective just as football fans and football analysts and people on Twitter, um, we thought we could maybe contribute to the conversation a little bit here. So that's what we're going to try to do. Um, later in the podcast, we will get into some week 18 sit start. But um, yeah, I don't know, Ryan, I was just struck by uh, just seeing that on TV. Like it was just so out of the ordinary compared to every injury you saw. Uh, it was a really tough night um, for such a huge hyped game. I know a lot of us were excited about it. There's a lot of fantasy implications. There's a lot of stuff online that personally um, affected us all. And it's obviously well behind uh, DeMar Hamlin. But um, it was a, just a, a really weird night on Twitter. This whole week has been weird. It's getting a little better now that we know that Hamlin is, is improving. But uh, I don't know, just lots of complicated issues here that um, it feels like we're all dealing with together in real time. Yeah, it has been quite the odd like intersection of just things that I pay attention to in my life sort of like it it's always weird when like a national story is about something that you follow and pay attention to every single day uh and fun like strangely enough I wasn't even watching the broadcast when it happened on Monday I had a friend had texted me and said hey like what's what's up with this game? What's going on here? And I, I just kind of like, I don't, I don't even have it on. So I'm just, I just look at the score. I'm like, Oh yeah, the Bengals are up. The Bengals are good. Whatever. This was a Bills fan texting me. So I, they're like, no, like d dude, turn, turn the broadcast on. Uh, so I did. And yeah, it, it was just a really weird experience watching it. Um, Obviously, my thoughts are also with Demar, and hope hopefully he continues to make strides in his recovery. But yeah, as you said, just a strange night. Um, we in in the QB list Discord, we were kind of just all talking throughout the entire night, and I, I am really glad for that community because everybody was incredibly respectful and just kind of supportive in every way. Like I, we say it a lot on this podcast, but the community we have here at QB list is excellent. And that, I mean, I guess that is, was, was a small silver, silver lining that I took out of a pretty rough night, but yeah, just, yeah. it was just crazy this week. Yeah. I mean, I'm thankful for our community too. Not a lot of uh, poor takes coming out in the Discord. Uh, I was at a bar watching the game, big Bengals game. So I was out with some friends and uh, I would say 95% of the bar was uh, kind of on board with us. There were a few um, random comments that I could have done without hearing those. So it's nice to have a, a nice community uh, that, that thinks similarly to us. But I don't know. One thing I wanted to talk about was like, it's okay for us to, to feel bad about this and to 
feel a little bit personally affected. Like, obviously, it's not nearly as important as what's going on with Damar Hamlin. But, like, I think it's okay to also acknowledge that, like, this was a rough night for us watching that. Um, it, it, I don't know. Seeing something like that on TV affects everybody. And, like, just all the time we put into this sport. I mean, we love the sport. We love even something as stupid as fantasy football. Like, we obviously love all this or we wouldn't spend all the time on it. So, uh, it, it's okay to acknowledge that, like, this stuff affects you and affects kind of – your enjoyment of the game. And like, I mean, my whole week was just kind of a daze after this. It just threw me off. And I, I think it's, it's okay to acknowledge that. Um, what's not okay is um, you just have to understand what you put out into Twitter or into uh, the public sphere. Like people don't know all of that background behind you. And uh, if you don't word things the right way, um, it comes off really poorly. And I guess I just would, I know this is something we always talk about with social media, but uh, I wish people would think a time or two before they say things because, um, yeah, there's clearly priorities here and uh, we can have different levels of um, just issues here. And, and obviously DeMar comes first, but like the way some people portray themselves, it sure does not seem like DeMar comes first. Yeah, I mean, I'll just say that I think it is completely okay to feel any which way about this event whether even if you have like that nagging thought in the back of your head of how does this affect my fantasy championship or whatever like yeah it's it's understandable that that thought runs through your head like you don't need to beat yourself up for for thinking those things because i in some way i think that's natural when you see something that is crazy out of the ordinary or that scares you your your brain is going to fall back on the things that you normally think about and normally do so yeah it's not it i completely empathize with if you suddenly like had a big concern about your fantasy championship pot or whatever it was but yeah yeah as you said i yeah, like the difference to me is like what you're putting out there into the world, what your actions are, not so much what your thoughts are. Um, and th this is kind of this whole event has kind of caused me to reflect a lot on wh what exactly we all are doing on social media. So yeah. when, when it happened Monday night, I it, for some reason, my first impulse was to open Twitter it, and that that in itself is like what why do i need to go on the internet and see what other people are thinking or possibly share my thoughts about this thing that we're all watching it's it's just a little bit odd and yep. when you mix in the fact that social media is gamified like at any output in social media and you putting your thoughts out into social media like you can say oh i just want to be heard i just want to share my experience you you are going to get feedback in the form of likes or engagement or whatever it is and for me i was just staring at twitter and i'm like i can't tweet anything about this because i almost don't trust myself to not give like my fully honest take or belief like can, can i really know that whatever i'm gonna put out there isn't in some way tweaked or optimized to get likes and to get engagement. And I like, I, I'm not judging anybody that was live tweeting the entire night. Like I, we all can deal with these things differently, but it, it is something that made me think a lot. And I, I would even compare it to uh, when Tua uh, got the lights knocked out of him earlier this season because I was the guy on Twitter getting 
very outraged and tweet finding really finding things to be outraged at tweeting about the NFL tweeting about all of these things. And it's weird that that's like our impulse to to externalize that feeling in some way. But it, as I said, it, the way that it happens on Twitter is it's gamified. We are going for the engagement. So yeah, I don't know. It was, that was probably a big ramble. I don't know how much sense that made, but just, just kind of something I've been thinking about a lot in the last few days. No, I mean, that was all good. There's there's definitely a, a performative aspect to some of the tweets that happened um, calling out the NFL for, you know, what was a crazy situation. And I, I'm not here to defend the NFL by any means, but um, they've certainly made mistakes over the years. But I, I think to live tweet and criticize um, the situation in the moment, uh, it's kind of like nothing has happened yet as far as resuming the game. Like, let's let's take a, a minute here and, and see what happens. And it just like always, we're we're very quick to, um, you know, make judgments in the moment. So, yeah, I, I was there with you. Uh, I think I retweeted the next day, like uh, another tweet that said it's OK to not have a take right now. Like that's about as far as I got into it. So uh, I would say just some things I've listened to uh, over the past few days that I think are um, very valuable. I listened to a Mina Kimes podcast with, uh, I believe it was Dominique Foxworth. Um, he talked a lot about just kind of um, kind of the real side of this stuff for the players, like as in how long they have to play in the league to get a pension and uh, how long their health insurance lasts for and things like that. I think it's only five years after they retire, they get health benefits. So uh, I would listen to some things like that. I know there was, I can't remember the guy's name, but there was a guy on, I believe a Browns show. You can probably find it if you look for it, um, who really went into the NFL about how uh, they take care of some of their um, players that make less money. So I think those are some of the uh, maybe more productive ways to go into this is like, uh, it's a dangerous sport. We know that Uh, there are things we can do to improve that. But uh, in the meantime, the NFL maybe could take care of the lower paid players a little better, give them more health care, give them more, you know, benefits, all that kind of stuff. So I, I feel like that's the more productive route to go down is maybe advocating for that kind of stuff, as opposed to um, yelling about Roger Goodell, you know, just wanting money and wanting the game to go on. Like, I just, I don't really know where that gets us. Yeah, I agree. Like that when, and this, this is going to go for a lot of things in life, not just football. I, I think it's really important when you're, upset and want to make criticisms that your criticism is directed in a productive manner because if we are having the conversation about the about frankly like the dumb stuff like the are we going to we will never know truly like if the league office called up the refs and said it's gonna be five minutes till they start Uh, going back and forth about it is not productive in any way yeah, as you said, I, I would say definitely um, j- just become more educated on like the collective bargaining process that the players union goes through. I I mean, maybe if something good is taken out of this, then maybe, as you said, that this could drive uh, m- more of a priority, more interest in the in the players association wanting to collectively bargain for these first and second year players, because yeah, the players aren't vested in the league until they've played for three years. So, and, and I, it used to be four. They knocked it down to three, I believe, in the last CBA. So, yeah, it it is a a it's a lot like bigger than you would immediately think. Just get getting on social media and having a take. Yeah, yeah. 
All right. Well, I, you know, that was mainly it. I just, you know, hope he keeps recovering and thankful for, you know, all the medical people, all that stuff. I know, um, I would like to spend more time talking about him, but again, we're not beat reporters. We're not medical experts. Like this is just the stuff that we know here. And so, um, that's what I figured maybe we could be helpful with Ryan. Um, I did want to say, um, this was the account as Garrett Bush at G Bush 91 on Twitter. He was the uh, Cleveland sports show that was uh, going in about some of the, um, you know, healthcare issues for NFL players. So I just want to make sure to shout that out because it was really good. So um, I don't know if you have anything else, Ryan, but um, yeah, I don't know. I know we're going to move on with games and uh, talking about the games here, but it certainly does not feel at the same level of excitement as uh, we felt a week ago. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I I don't know that I have much else to say on it. Like, I I think, as I already said, I hope DeMar continues to improve in his condition and that we can, I I, I don't know that I would say that we can put this behind us because I I feel like this is something that the the league might need to reckon with in some way and not not just kind of put it behind them. But yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that there is like a resolution on this. All right. Well, hopefully that was helpful. Um, hopefully we didn't butcher that too bad. We are not uh, professionals. I, I talked about this, so we, we did the best we could. But um, yeah, I just hope uh, Hamlin's okay and hopefully uh, he's out of the hospital soon. So um, let's get into the week 18 sit start talk here. Um, as always, I would recommend you to check out the article on the website because uh, it's going to go a lot more in depth, especially on this crazy week 18 with players not playing and teams having different motivations. So we're just going to go quickly through the different games here. Um, try to give you some entertainment if you're tired of <laughs> hearing the, the downer news for the week. Um, but we're just going to go through the games, give you some sit start advice, but check out the website here for um you know, more details. We'll have every game written up as usual. Uh, there was just as we started to record, the NFL released its plan for uh, the Bengals and Bills. They're not going to make up that game. Uh, some convoluted scenarios about neutral sites in the playoffs and home field advantage. And I'm not going to read all that to you here, but um, I've done my best to uh, give you the playoff scenarios here as we go forward. So um, let's start on Saturday. Uh, the first game, uh, Kansas City Chiefs against the Las Vegas Raiders, 4.30 p.m. Um, the this one probably does matter a lot for the Chiefs. They've clinched the division, but they probably need a win for the number one seed. It's it's still convoluted about the seeding here, but uh, I do think the Chiefs are motivated to win. A loss would kind of take them out of some of these scenarios. So Chiefs are going to be playing their players. I'm not sure if there's a lot to get into on the Chiefs side, Ryan. Uh, Sky Moore is out. Nicole um, Hardman is um, on a snap count coming off IR. So I suppose in theory, like Kadarius Tony, Marquez Valdez, Scantling could see some more snaps. But I think otherwise, you're just playing your typical Chiefs here. Yeah, I was just going to stop you and say four, four targets on 15 routes for Kadarius Tony last week. <laughs> like yeah. that, this is probably is a thing. Um, the Chiefs are implied over 30 points, which is kind of wild. So yeah, should should just be a good scoring environment. I I think. Tony is in consideration as like a desperation flex. Uh, but yeah, it's it's hard to define what a desperation flex is in the fantasy championships in week 18. But yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think we could call everyone a desperation flex. So uh, I think McKinnon's probably, uh, it was definitely a play. Uh, Pacheco's worth a shot here. They're pretty much splitting the snaps. But otherwise, just play your Chiefs as you normally would. You should get a full game out of them here. Um, on the Raiders side, they're eliminated from playoffs, but apparently Jarrett Stidham is good, Ryan. Um, he's kind of on the streaming radar, right? I mean, you figure he's going to play the whole game, and this is a good shootout matchup. So 
I don't know. I, I think you could talk yourself into Stidham as a low end QB one almost. Yeah, I mean, just based on even just implied total, uh, Stidham is in in the streaming consideration. Uh, I'm I'm not gonna go go as far to comment on whether he's good or not, um, but. <laughs> Yeah, I, that is a play you could make. Uh, I guess I'll just run down some the other potential streamers. Uh, head and shoulders above everybody else is going to be Brock Purdy. Uh, I, I don't know if he's even under 50% rostered at this point. He probably is. Uh, and then in kind of in the same tier as Stidham, I would say both Kenny Pickett and Sam Darnold uh, are decent options that are going to be lower rostered. Yep. Otherwise, Josh Jacobs is questionable. He missed two practices for personal reasons. He's kind of been playing, though, despite injuries and questionable tags. So all indications are Jacobs is going to play. Um, he leads the league in rushing yardage. I would imagine he cares about that and holding that. So I don't know. I would. I think you just got to play Josh Jacobs and hope for the best, personally. Um, same with Devontae Adams. Uh, you just, you just got to play him. It's it's week 18. There's always risk. These players are going to sit, but uh, they're just, they're so good. I, I would have a hard time leaving either on the bench. Yeah. Unless we get actual information before kickoff. Yeah. I would just plan to play both of them. Yeah. Okay. Let's get into the next Saturday game. This is Tennessee Titans at the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is a winner takes the division game. So we know both of these teams are going to be trying. Uh, Jacksonville could get in if they lose, but it takes a few different things. So both of these teams are going to want to win this game. Uh, Tennessee seems like all systems go with Derrick Henry. He's off the injury report. He's, I don't know, probably a top five running back this week. Uh, he's going to get all the carries he can handle. Um, but for the passing game, Traylon Burks did not practice with a groin injury on Thursday. Rabel thinks he can play, but I, I would have Traylon Burks off my board. He went from limited Wednesday to did not practice Thursday. I would not want to risk people with health issues in this week 18. So I would not be playing Traylon Burks, even though uh, Dobbs played last week. He was 20 of 39, 232 yards against Dallas. That's at least like, you know, NFL offense level volume. So it's a step up from the Malik Willis games, but uh, I think it's pretty much just Derrick Henry here. Yeah, it is unfortunate. I, I was going to say that Dobbs would have made it so we could actually kind of get interested in Burks. But yeah, you're you're completely right. It's just Henry here. Yeah, I mean, maybe if Burks rebounds to a full practice or something, but uh, I would be a little uh, skeptical that that's going to happen. So otherwise for Jacksonville, uh, kind of all systems go here. I, I guess the main thing is just like Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, they all had duds last week. They feel pretty variable week to week. I don't know if you've kind of gotten any idea over the year of when we can trust Zay Jones, when we can trust Christian Kirk. It it feels random, but against this Tennessee defense, like I, I think we want to start these guys. Yeah, Tennessee bleeds uh, production to outside wide receivers the most. So that is probably going to benefit Zay Jones more so than Kirk and Ingram, who play a lot more inside. Uh, but yeah, it, it is really anyone's guess. I, they're all easily startable. Yeah, Tennessee's given up the most fantasy points to wide receivers. So, And Evan Ingram, I mean, he had a down week, but he's been really good this year, and he's a tight end. So I would uh, keep him in your lineup because there are many tight ends that have the ceiling he's had. I mean, he had before last week, uh, two of the last three were 100-yard games. Like he saw a 15-target game. There's just not many tight ends who are going to see that. So I would go back to Ingram, even though he burned us last week pretty bad here. So, all right, let's get on to the Sunday games. Uh, first up, we've got the Ravens at the Bengals. Um, the Bengals, I believe, yeah, the division's already clinched. I guess there's 
there's some coin flip scenarios now where if the Ravens Bengals play each other in the first round, like home field's still up in the air. I, I, I am confused by all this, Ryan, but uh, the Bengals do want to win here. Um, they could also get the two seed. I, I guess technically they could play a neutral site game in the AFC championship. So they're going to be playing. Um, I don't think it's out of the question that if a Bengals player got banged up, they would just sit them or something, but you can't really predict that. So otherwise I'm playing all the Bengals. Um, they're all elite options this week, I would say that are usually options. And I don't, I don't really think anyone new springs up here. Like I'm not going to play Samaj P. Ryan just because I think Joe Mixon might see less work. So I think it's pretty standard here with the Bengals. Yeah, that's kind of the problem with the, all these week 18 scenarios is we we don't have concrete information on like, oh, we can just play a backup now. So, yeah, I but yeah, I agree. There's not, nothing nothing out of the ordinary here. Yeah, Bengals offense looked really good in that part of the game they played. So uh, even against a tough Ravens defense, I would trust them all. Um, as far as Baltimore goes, they could be a five or a six seed, depending on this game. Um, and I, it, it is useful because a five seed would play the AFC South winner. So instead of playing the Bengals or the Bills or someone like that, uh, the Baltimore could play uh, Tennessee or Jacksonville first round. So Baltimore definitely wants to win, but doesn't look like they're going to have Lamar Jackson. Uh, even Tyler Huntley is limited with a wrist injury. seems like he's going to play, but uh, this has been a pretty miserable offense here, Ryan. I It's like Mark Andrews and J.K. Dobbins. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm missing anyone, but I think that's about it. That is about it. Yeah, you are not missing <laughs> anybody. I, I, w- I will say that there is a, a little bit of what I saw as kind of maybe misplaced criticism about how long it's taking Lamar to get back from this injury it's like like you you don't have any information about the severity of this thing like he the guy doesn't want to risk his career like i i don't know that was like yeah very very secondary to as far as like things i've seen on the internet that have annoyed me this week (laughs) but yeah that that one did, did stick out in my mind a little Yeah, it's definitely a weird situation, and it's hard to tell if Harbaugh's just being mysterious so teams don't know what's going on, or, I mean, maybe Lamar is protecting himself, but I think I saw somebody on Twitter a while back saying, well, this is the situation you get in as the Ravens if you haven't locked up your quarterback. Like, I I can't blame Lamar a ton. I mean, I don't know if that's, as a fan, I wouldn't be super happy with that, but um, yeah, I don't know. If if his goal is just to be out there for the playoffs, I, I can't push back too much so otherwise jk dobbins he's kind of doing what we said he would do it's getting efficiency on the ground no passing game work probably need a touchdown for a good game but you're, you're probably still playing dobbins so otherwise i know a lot of people have been panicked about mark andrews he had a really good week last week and i would keep starting him i there's just not better options at tight end and he's one of the only tight ends that could get you what he have last week nine catches yeah nine catches for 100 yards there aren't many tight ends that'll ever do that he did finally come through in the the legitimate championship week. That I I was happy to see that because there I personally answered a lot of Mark Andrews questions. People people were not wanting to play him in week seventeen. So yeah, I I would probably keep rolling with him, guys. It it is Mark Andrews. Yeah. All right. Next up, uh, one o'clock slate. We have the Panthers at the Saints. Um, they've both been eliminated. So. You know, if you've got a player, just uh, I would just Google uh, the player's name about uh, 15 times a day to see uh, if the coach said anything about them. Really, all I had, Ryan, was Juwan Johnson didn't practice Wednesday with a quad injury, was limited Thursday. I think I'd be a little hesitant streaming Juwan Johnson in a meaningless game. Otherwise, everyone seems to be healthy. I, I don't know what you do with either of these teams, but 
they don't feel like teams that are necessarily going to sit everybody. I, I kind of feel like it's going to be similar teams we've seen recently. Yeah, I think Sam Darnold is playing for a contract or well, no, he's locked up on a contract, I believe, but he's playing to clear his name in league circles right now. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, he's been, he's been doing pretty decent the last few weeks. So yeah, may, yeah, maybe there's a little bit of life in these meaningless games out of the Panthers. Yeah, I mean, I think like Devontae Foreman, I think he's a free agent. So I doubt they're worried about, you know, playing him a ton. Um, so yeah, uh, maybe like a DJ Moore gets rested or something. But uh, I, I think both of these teams, the, the Panthers seem like a team that are going to play out the string. Uh, they had a good thing going. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them uh, go for it this week and try to knock off the Saints. All right, next up is the Cleveland Browns at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the Browns are eliminated somehow. <laughs> the Steelers are still not eliminated. Um, if they win and both Miami and New England lose or tie, uh, the Steelers are in the playoffs. So um, I don't even honestly know what the Browns are going to do this week. It's such a bizarre year. I, they're probably going to play Watson and just try to get something going here. But the Steelers, you can start them as usual. So I don't know any strong takes on either side of this game. No, I just realized that this is my playoff nightmare scenario that we, that we have to watch the Steelers be in as my Patriots lose. Oh, this, this feels way too likely to like the uh, not not to jump ahead, but like the the Dolphins with Teddy Bridgewater could very easily lose to the Jets trying to make a statement. Uh, yeah. I obviously don't love Patriots chances against the Bills like that. Oh, man, this is totally happening, isn't it? I'm going to I'm going to be really upset Sunday night. It happens every year. So uh, they were in the playoffs last year, right? I mean, it's uh, with the ghost of Ben Roethlisberger. So it's it may happen again. We'll see. But um, yeah, I don't know. Start the guys who usually start there. I, I don't have any great takeaways. Brown's defense has actually been playing pretty well lately. So uh, this could be a classic like uh, 17 to 14 Browns Steelers game. That's kind of what I'm thinking here. So, all right. Next up is the Texans at the Colts. Uh, Houston, I believe, locks up the number one pick with a loss, but I don't necessarily know that the Texans are operating according to a whole lot of logic here. So I, I would expect a similar performance here from the Texans as we've seen. Uh, the Colts are eliminated looking at a top five draft pick. Uh, Nick Foles is already injured. Big, big surprise that the third string quarterback who hadn't played all year got hurt very quickly. So Sam Ellinger is going to start. Uh, really all I have to add to this one is Zach Moss played 59% of the snaps last week. I would expect a similar workload and that could be a decent role against this Texans defense. So, uh, you know, maybe RB two low end for Zach Moss, but it's not going to be pretty with Sam Ellinger playing. I'll sneak in my weird New York Jets shade in the podcast here <laughs> and say, yeah, Houston might, might be doing a Jets impression trying to, maybe they'll be going to build some culture in winning games in January so that they will, I don't know, miss out on Trevor Lawrence, for example. <laughs> I mean, it's, I, it's hard to say what you do if you're running the Texans. Cause I, there aren't a lot of players that you bench necessarily like, to keep them healthy. So it's not like there's a great quarterback that you can bench and you're going to lose for sure. So uh, it's kind of, it just, it's kind of on autopilot. I think for the Texans, we'll see if they uh, keep up their relative good play and lose out of the number one pick. But if I was a Texans fan, I would sure want a loss here. So, all right. Vikings at bears, um, a little more going on here. Vikings clinched their division already. A win does give them a chance at the number two seed. So 
I would expect them to play their starters for most of this game. Um, not a whole lot to say here. Uh, their right tackle, Brian O'Neill, who is playing really well, according to PFF, uh, is injured and out for the year. I think some injuries are starting to build up here for the Vikings. So you're going to play Jefferson. He's got enough like records and stuff he's going for. Like he, He's going to be out there. Play your usual Vikings. I This is a pretty good spot against Chicago, as long as the, the weather's not bad. I, Vikings are probably one of the better offenses to play this week. Yeah, I yeah, I agree. It's a great matchup. Just not yeah, not not too much out of the ordinary. The Bears side, though, is a little bit uh, a, a little more interesting here. We are going to get to watch the Nathan Peterman uh, start a football game in the in the year 2023. It's 2023 now. I to- totally didn't almost mess that up. Uh, but yeah, I, I think this just makes every bear bes- besides maybe David Montgomery just completely unusable. I, like even, even Montgomery, like you got to be worried that Chicago just won't move the ball at all and that he won't get any sort of goal line opportunities. But m- maybe he just gets there on 20, 25 carries for 60 yards or something like that. That's honestly what I would expect. Yeah, he played 54% of the snaps last week. Khalil Herbert played 39. Uh, Montgomery had a almost 17% target share, so he can get some volume here. I believe he's another free agent too, so I'm not sure that they're going to necessarily preserve him, but just not great touchdown potential here. So if you need to play him, I think you can, but hopefully you've got some other options. And then Khalil Herbert, like, sure, in theory, he could take a bunch of work from Montgomery here, but we don't know that, and it's not a good offense anyway. So I'd probably be looking other places if I could. I mean, they've got offensive line injuries also. Uh, Dante Pettis got a concussion last week. He's one of their starting receivers. So uh, just not a lot of talent here. I You could probably play Komet just because tight end so bad, and he's had some good weeks. But, um, yeah, this is a, a train wreck of an offense here. Yeah, no, I, I'm sorry. No, I'm I'm not starting anybody that Nathan Peterman's throwing the ball to. Actually, I, I say Komet's been decent, but uh, about 25 yards receiving a game over the last three weeks, so not not as good as I thought. So, all right. Next up, we've got Ryan's New England Patriots traveling to Buffalo. (laughs) New England wins and clinches a playoff spot. I'm not sure, Ryan, at this point, do you want to win or do you just want this uh, offensive coordinator experiment to uh, end? I I just kind of want the pain to end, honestly, but I'm not (laughs) not sure that's going to happen anytime soon. I, I mean, I hope we win. Uh, do I? Man. <laughs> yeah, like, it, here's the thing. Like, if, if the Patriots make the playoffs, then I have to listen to every single Bill Belichick apologist for the rest of my life. Uh, it's just once you make the playoffs, you're immune from all criticism here. I'm, I'm not sure if you if you knew that's how it works in New England. Uh, so. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'll say for my team that I I hope they succeed, but yeah, this is I I'm gonna be in a lot of I'm gonna be in a lot of pain either way. We'll put it that way. <laughs> well, hopefully it's uh, over quickly. Whatever happens here, um, I, that is worth pointing out. Jacoby Myers has been awfully banged up this year. He still played 82 percent of the snaps last week, but he reaggravated his shoulder injury. He's questionable. It sounds like he's gonna play. I think he's a little lower in my rankings than he normally would be this week. I just, I worry. He's just been so banged up. It's a good Bills defense. Patriots have had trouble moving the ball. I I think he's more of like a low-end wide receiver three flex this week when 
uh, or, you know, mid middle of the year, he was really uh, had a nice volume role. And I, I would have almost felt like he was a wide receiver too. So I would be a little down on Myers. Um, Devontae Parker is in concussion protocol. Tyquan Thornton has actually been running lots of routes and getting lots of targets. So I don't, I don't know if you have any big thoughts on the second or the wide receivers here, anyone you would trust against the Bills secondary. That's, um, I don't know. Like, I, I think you can move the ball on the Bills a little bit. Well, see, we were convinced that Thornton was just bad because we had cornerbacks uh, playing the field stretcher role over him for a big part of the year. But yeah, now he's actually flashing a little bit. But for fantasy football, you're not trusting anybody here. I, I agree with you on Myers. If the production had been there at all, like recently, then maybe yeah. it would be enticing here. But yeah, I, I just I think you can probably find better options. Yeah, Thornton did get beat, uh, deep, um, wide open on the Bengals. He dropped it. Obviously, he's got to hang on to it. But he, he's been flashing a little bit as a downfield threat, at least. So it's at least starting to come around a little bit for an early draft pick. Um, last week, Ramondre Stevenson, 57% of the snaps. Damian Harris, 48%. I know Stevenson's been banged up. I think we're probably not in the RB1 Ramondre Stevenson era right now as the year wraps up here i I think we're gonna see a little bit more of a mixture between stevenson and harris i don't know if i'm reading that wrong ryan but i'd say they kind of both converge ramondre is probably like a high-end rb2 harris may be a low-end rb2 kind of flex consideration but um you you know that the patriots want to run the ball so there there could be something here yeah i would imagine they kind of go back to what they were doing the first few weeks of the year where they were mostly alternating drives, but there will be like a slight lean towards Ramondre on passing downs and a slight lean towards Harris in the red zone or on short yardage situations. Um, but yeah, I, I think you summed it up like they, they are both in play for fantasy this week for sure. Yeah. I would agree with that. And I mean, Stevenson still had four targets last week. So as long as he keeps getting the passing game work, that's going to help. So um, otherwise for the Bills, um, I, they have a shot at the one seed. I, I think they need to win. I don't I don't know how this team is going to play this week. And I don't know if the coaches take it easy and don't play everyone the full game or if this is a regular game for the Bills. It's, it's really hard for me to know, Ryan. So um, I don't know. Josh Allen's limited with an elbow injury and an ankle injury. Uh, probably everyone forgets at this point, but he did kind of get his ankle rolled up on in that Bengals game. Um, he, I think he stayed in, but I don't know. Um, I'd say probably Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and then maybe a running back if you need him. But I don't think I would go too far down the depth chart with this Bills offense. Yeah, it is tough to say. Um, like from like a pure football perspective, you wouldn't think that the Bills coaching staff would want their players to go go like th- two or three full weeks without meaningful yeah. game action. So I I would imagine that they're playing their starters if 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 the starters like are in are mentally in it, but yeah. Yeah, it it's tough to know, but yeah, it's again like there just so many unknowns, so just so little kind of information that's actionable beforehand, so it it's hard to really have a take. Yeah, I think Diggs, I guess I would just say don't get too down on Diggs. He's had some cold weather games. He played against Sauce Gardner. There's been some stuff here that's caused him to have some down weeks. So I know New England's a really tough defense, but I I would trust Diggs. The rest, you can kind of make a case for uh, if you want to play him or not. I mean, the the backfield, you know, we didn't get to see much last week, so we don't know how the James Cook, uh, Devin Singletary split's going to be. I 
still it's still Singletary the lead back for the most part. Cook has a little more juice to him probably, but I don't think we can start Cook yet. You know, I probably can start Singletary as like a RB2 flex type. Yep, agreed. Uh, okay, let's move on to the next game. It's the Jets and the Dolphins, as I alluded to earlier. Uh, right now, the Jets are completely eliminated, uh, but at, as I mentioned, the Jets are certainly not against just going for culture wins or statement <laughs> wins. I'm sure they would love to knock Miami out of the playoffs. Uh, I, I will say a pretty big storyline here is that Mike White was a practice downgrade on Thursday with his rib injury. Uh, I, I would just kind of run away from this Jets offense right now. I, as much as I'm sure they would love to give the Dolphins a game, like I, I can't imagine this is a productive passing offense if with Mike White likely not playing. Yeah. I, I'm not sure who the backup would even be at this point. So but I don't, yeah, I don't know why with a rib injury, they would put Mike White through this. We know he's going to stand in the pocket and take shots. <laughs> I think I would say um, we saw some good things out of you this year, Mike, get healthy. We'll figure this out next year. So yeah, I don't feel great about this Jets offense either. Uh, I would, I mean, you know, Garrett Wilson's a talented player, so you can get him in your lineup. But after that, I, I'm not sure where else you go on this offense. The running backs have not produced a whole lot, so I would stay away from them. Um, for Miami, they need a win and a Patriots loss or tie for the playoffs. Um, it's going to be rough going for them, though. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is limited with a knee finger issue. Um, they said he was showing, throwing short passes on Thursday. Um, but still they're a hit away from Skylar Thompson being the quarterback. I believe they just signed Mike Glennon for uh, an extra backup. So uh, not a great situation for Miami. If it was Bridgewater at full speed, I, I'd be a little more encouraged, but I don't know. He hasn't made it through a lot of games this year, it seems like. So um, uh, you're going to play Tyreek and Waddle, but after that, I, I'm there's not a whole lot else in this passing game anyway, but I wouldn't try to stream one of these quarterbacks. Yeah, there, uh, there's unfortunately just so many backup quarterbacks around the league that we can't really seriously talk about, oh, let's bench their wide receivers or whatever. It's just not yeah. It's just not a viable conversation out, outside of like a guillotine league or something like that. Uh, right. But yeah. Yep. All right. And then, I mean, the backfield's just kind of confusing at this point. Um, last week, it was uh, 65% Jeff Wilson, 42% Raheem Mostert. I think you could probably play either of these guys. They seem to fluctuate. I'm not sure if we're going to be able to predict the split, but it's probably going to be 60-40 one way or another here. And I mean, I don't know. if I guess it just depends on how hard the Jets go. If this is uh, full-go Jets defense, then you probably don't want to start either of them. But if we see some backups and lots of running from the Dolphins with an injured quarterback, I would not be shocked here if either Wilson or Mostert had a pretty good week. But I, I guess we probably shouldn't expect the breakout from either of them at this point. Yeah, I mean, even if the Jets defense is full go, like the way to beat that defense is on the ground rather than through the air. So I, I wouldn't be super surprised to see like a very run heavy game plan from the Dolphins. So, yeah, I, I even Mostert, I think, is in play as a flex. He had eight catches on eight targets last week. I, I just, I don't know what they're doing with this backfield. So um, yeah, I, you, you probably only have one on your roster. So hopefully you don't have to worry about that decision too much. So, all right. Next up is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Atlanta Falcons. This is the last of the one o'clock games. Uh, Tampa Bay has a division clinch. They're locked into the four seed. There's really no reason for them to play anyone. Um, Bowles says they're going to start the starters, but some backups could play. That's what he said. 
Uh, they said that Kyle Trask has a good chance of being active, which would make me think that Tom Brady is not playing a full game because he's been the number three quarterback this year. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if Brady and the starters are good enough in the amount of time that they play to give you a startable week. But if Brady, Evans, and Godwin are out in the second quarter or after the half, I would not be surprised here. Yeah, I, I I agree. I feel like they're likely to get pulled. Brady especially. Maybe, maybe they let Evans and Godwin play a little longer. But yeah, I I would be pretty hesitant to play anybody on this Bucks team, honestly, just, just because of the uncertainty. Uh, like like you can look down the depth chart and say, okay, okay maybe like maybe Russell Gage is going to be someone we're interested in if the others are sitting. Uh, but that, that's a big if. Maybe Gage also sits. Like you you never know with this stuff. It's it's just so hard to as I I'll keep saying over and over. Can't can't really have any concrete takes here. Yeah, and it's also tough because they have to play somebody. So, I mean, you can't bench all five receivers. you got to have somebody out there. So I do think there's a chance Russell Gage sees a bunch of volume. Uh, Julio Jones did not practice Thursday. He doesn't look like he's going to play. So if they do bench Evans and Godwin, somebody's got to be out there. I I could see Gage getting a whole bunch of volume here from whoever's a quarterback. I, I don't even know what to say about the running backs. Like I, It could be a lot of Keyshawn Vaughn, I suppose. I, I really don't know where they're going to go here, but – I'm not sure if you'd want to play Keyshawn Vaughn, even if he was getting 60% of the snaps. So I, I, I think probably the running backs are relative stayaways, but maybe they'll catch four passes before they get benched and uh, kind of make your day for you. Yeah, this this really just feels like a, ve- a very gross game. I, I could see both teams being ve- very not aggressive and ver- just playing it very, very slow. So yeah, I, I would agree on that. All right. And for Atlanta, um, they are eliminated from the playoffs. They're probably picking somewhere between six and 10 from what I could tell. So I'm not sure that they necessarily have some great reason to tank this game. I would expect them to play kind of as usual. They got a young quarterback they want to see a little bit of. So uh, I just figured I'd note that 55% of the snaps for Tyler Algier last week, 50% for Cordell Patterson. Uh, Patterson did see eight targets though. That's like the first time we've seen that in a while from him. So that was encouraging, but I, I think you could probably play either of them. They're probably fine this week. Um, London, probably typical workload. Ritter, typical workload. Like, I, I don't know if you have any strong takes on the Falcons. I, I think it's kind of business as usual here. Yeah, no, nothing really strong. I, I will say good, good job, Cordero Patterson, for show, showing up just when we'd all written you off again. <laughs> yeah, like clockwork. All right, let's get into the 4 o'clock games. Um, we have Cardinals at the 49ers. Cardinals are already eliminated. Looks like they'll have a top five pick here. Uh, <laughs> just as I called it out last week, Ryan, why are they giving James Conner all these carries in a wasted season? Well, he got hurt last week, so uh, he did not practice Thursday with a knee and shin injury. Um, he only played 55% of the snaps last week. Uh, before the injury, uh, Corey Clement played 43% um, over Keontae Ingram, who's uh, undrafted, I believe, rookie. So it looks like it's Corey Clement. Uh, I think he kind of becomes interesting here from a volume perspective. We just we know the Cardinals are going to give the ball to the running back around the goal line. Like they always seem to have a volume running back here. So I, I think Clement, uh, from some of these like backup plug-in types, it feels kind of easy to project him to a big workload here, assuming James Conner doesn't play, which I don't know why they would play Conner. A big workload, sure, but like the matchup against the 49ers, <laughs> like is that fair? Uh, yeah, I I can't 
really get excited about that. Maybe is like a super sicko degen DFS type play. I have no what idea what his salary is at, but pro- probably low enough to make him chalk. So not going to play in there either is, is how this tends to work. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, looking at the passing game, like David Blau is going to be the starting quarterback. Uh, De- <laughs> of DeAndre, course he yeah. DeAndre Hopkins season is over. Uh, Hollywood Brown will apparently play through a wrist injury. I would, this will be like the one strong kind of, kind of like backup type take I give. I, I do think Greg Dorch is borderline top 24 wide receiver this week. <laughs> just, just with the volume we've seen him command in that slot role. I can't, I, especially with Hopkins not on the field, I just can't imagine that he doesn't at least have a very good shot at double digit targets. Yeah, this has uh, 15 targets for 45 yards written all over it here. So uh, I, I think that works if you're in a PPR league. So I also, you know, if it, week 18 is so weird. So it's hard to even know where Trey McBride fits into the tight end rankings overall. But last week with David Blau, he went uh, seven catches on 10 targets for 78 yards and a touchdown. He's a talented rookie, finally getting some work towards the end. He at least had a connection with Blau last week. So I think he's maybe worth a shot as a punt play in DFS or in some weird deep league where you're still playing a week 18. But like you said, the matchup's bad here. But I just I thought it was interesting. He at least found one quarterback that would give him the ball because he's was on the field for 96% of the snaps last week. He's been playing a ton of snaps. So uh, apparently Blau likes his tight end. So may, maybe that means something. I don't know, Ryan. Yeah, look at us starting multiple <laughs> Cardinals against the 49ers. I, I, but yeah, no, I, I don't hate it. Get totally give me the rookie tight end on a decimated roster in week 18 that probably wants to show out well yeah no i i I think the play makes a lot of sense just don't go nuts don't play him over you know mark andrews or dallas goddard or something so just keep that in mind all right for san francisco it looks like the one through the three seed is in play um they need an eagles loss i believe to get the bye so they should be playing here although they probably feel like they can handle this Cardinals team. So how much do they need to play everyone is kind of the question here. So Debo Samuel, full practice, seems ready to go coming back from injury. Just, I don't know if they're going to play him. Uh, He feels like a stay away to me, Ryan. I don't know if you would play Debo if he's active or not, but I, I, this feels like a get him in there, get him a little taste of action and call it a day. Yeah, they, they have every incentive to not like rush him into this because, yeah, they obviously are going to want him for the playoffs. I will say, though, about the rest of the 49ers, like I, th- there is a huge difference between the one seed and the two seed just with yeah. how much of an advantage the bye gives you in the playoffs. So I, I would think that they're all going to play as much as they need to like that worst case scenario they sit down in the fourth quarter if the game's totally out of reach but at at that point I do think they've probably scored plenty in fantasy football yep Uh, McCaffrey's a little hard to figure out but I think you'll know by kickoff um, or at least by Sunday he didn't practice with an ankle injury Thursday I swear I saw somewhere where he said he was fine and he was going to play it seems to have been scrubbed from the internet so I couldn't find it but um, it it seems like a minor issue that's kind of how they're describing it so I don't know how many snaps CMC is going to play but if he's active you're you're going to be playing him He, he could get you there in a quarter of action really so I don't know if you have any Thoughts on McCaffrey? We can get into the backup some, but I don't think they're going to be super relevant unless McCaffrey's out. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's upside even with the backups, even if he plays a half. 
I I mean, I don't know that there is upside with the backups. We've been trying we've been trying to make these backups happen all season and now it's week 18 and we're really going to still do this. But yeah, yeah no, fair. I I I do love that we're we're at the point of the season where Eric you're you're just manifesting positive Christian McCaffrey injury news. I I, I like that. That's a good touch there. <laughs> Yeah, if you do want to know about the backups, um, it's either Jordan Mason or Tyrion Davis-Price. There's really no way to know unless they tell us. Um, There have only been two games over the past four weeks where one of them has played over 10 snaps. Uh, TDP played 13 in week 16. Mason played 19 in week 14. All the other weeks, they've been under 10 snaps. So no idea who the backup is. I could definitely see one of them getting 60 yards rushing in a touchdown, but I'm not sure we're going to know that going into the game. But if you hear some news and it looks like McCaffrey's not going to play a lot, uh, you could probably pick them up. And this 49ers offense, we've seen them roll on with uh, anyone under center, uh, behind the behind the quarterback, like anywhere. This, this offense just keeps rolling. So um, I would like this matchup for them overall. So, okay, let's get to Dallas Cowboys and Washington Commanders. Dallas has clinched the playoffs. Um, they're the five seed right now, which is kind of feels a little unfair. That's a good team there, but um, they could move up to the one or two seed if the Eagles lose. So, I mean, they've got to play. I mean, they've got to play to win here. If they've got even a shot of moving out of the five seed, I mean, they can still technically win the division. So um, Tony Pollard is practicing in full. I think you lock in right back into the same role that you had before. It was just Thursday night football, I think, last week, Ryan. So they just took it easy with them. Yeah, there was exactly. Yeah, there was no reason to rush him back then. Should be pretty good now. And yeah, I mean, I would say ever everybody on Dallas, you can just play as normal. Yep. Okay, Washington, they are eliminated. Uh, they are starting fifth round rookie Sam Howell. Uh, he will make his NFL debut. Um, Antonio Gibson is on IR, and all of a sudden, Brian Robinson didn't practice Wednesday and Thursday with a knee injury. So. Uh, this is another one of those volume running backs here, probably. Jonathan Williams played 46% of the snaps last week. He could see a ton of work. I don't know if you feel any better about Jonathan Williams compared to the running back I can't even remember anymore that we just talked about. Oh, Corey Clement. Um, I don't know if you have any opinion on that, but Williams feels like um, he might be a little safer of a play, actually. If, if Robinson's out, I do think he'd see a lot of snaps, and Washington's got a relatively functional team here. Yeah, I agree. I think Washington is pro- probably less outmatched in the, than than yeah. Arizona is, uh, and I mean, j- just generally, would not be surprised to see them commit to an extremely run heavy game plan, uh, especially with fifth round rookie Sam Howell making his quarterback debut. Uh, yeah, so yeah, J- Jonathan Williams over Clement for me. Uh, yeah. As far as Washington receivers, I, Terry McLaurin is like borderline sittable. I think I, I, I just have no interest in playing McLaurin with a rookie making his debut. Like that, that just sounds horrible. I'm get, I don't know if I am just getting shades of Malik Willis right now or whatever, but it, yeah, it just do, doesn't feel good to me. Yeah, I mean, on the one hand, he's kind of survived about every quarterback they've thrown at him to some extent, but. He also feels like if there's anyone you're going to protect on this offense, uh, it would be McLaurin, maybe maybe give him a, a quarter off or something. So, yeah, I, I can get on board with that one there. So, okay, let's get on to the Chargers at the Broncos. This is more in the late slate of the afternoon. Um, Chargers clinch the playoffs. Uh, they'll either be the five or the six seed. If they win, they're going to play Jacksonville or Tennessee, which is what they would like. Um, but there's a chance that if the Bengals beat the Ravens earlier in the day, the Chargers – 
will get the five seed automatically and they'll have nothing to play for here. So that's going to be a tough one if you have Chargers because you're not going to know until right around the time this game starts, uh, depending on how that Bengals-Ravens game goes. So keep an eye on that. Um, I don't know. Otherwise, you're starting all these Chargers. And I, I think if it came to it and you rolled the dice and the Bengals win and they have nothing to play for, like you still might be able to get a little something out of these Chargers. So I, I don't know. I think I would... I would stick with my chargers here unless you're really loaded. Yeah. It doesn't look like Staley has made any sort of statement on whether they plan to play on different scenarios. There's, there's no way you're going to get a coach to give you that much information in a press conference. Uh, yeah, I, I will say like slow clap NFL, good, good job for set, managing to set the schedule so that this was a possibility. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, with the Bengals being pretty heavy favorites against the Ravens, I, I would just kind of assume that the Chargers won't have anything to play for. I feel not to jinx yeah. your Bengals, Eric, but like it, <laughs> it, it feels like the safer bet that they won't uh, where, where that leaves you with their skill position players is pro- not a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I would think they see some action, but not. Yeah, it's. I would say, be warned that Austin Eckler might not play the whole game. Yeah, so maybe, maybe I was a little too confident on them. I may make sure you have some other four four o'clock options at least if you're going to try to play them, so you have someone to pivot to. So that is a good point. Don't worry about jinxing the Bengals. I at this point they're in the playoffs. I don't even understand any of these scenarios. Like I. They're in the playoffs. I don't know. That's <laughs> I'll take it at this point. So um, from the Broncos side of things, I don't think I missed anything on the Chargers there. Yeah, for the Broncos, they are eliminated and they're without their original first round pick. So <laughs> really no reason to tank or to try. I don't. I, I would imagine they're going to play people here. Um, kind of how we mentioned earlier, like they do have to play somebody at wide receiver. And Kendall Hinton is already out, who has played a lot of snaps for them. And Greg Dulcich is already on IR. So there aren't a lot of passing game options here for them anymore. So Jerry Judy, back-to-back limited practices this week, but he played through it last week. Um, he's been pretty his, – his volume has been pretty consistent lately. He's been a little up and down with the performance, but he's getting pretty steady volume. So I, I think you could trust Judy. I'd be a little worried about an injury and they, they pull him out. But sure seems like Cortland Sutton's going to see a lot of volume here too. So I, I, I would say they're pretty locked in with Russell Wilson playing and showing a little bit of life last week. Yeah, I agree completely. And I, I mean, kind of off that, I'll be interested to hear your take here, Eric. But I like Alberto this week very cautiously. Uh, played 37 of 70 snaps last week, uh, three catches, including a touchdown. Like he, he was showing out a little bit. And the interim coach, whose name I can't even remember off the top of my head, uh, what well, I saw like a quote from him saying that, uh, like Alberto's a big athletic guy. I don't know why he hasn't played as much this, this year. So I, I mean, it's, I mean, I love that the, this guy's just coming in and play playing whoever he wants and see, trying things out. Like that's probably what you should be doing. But yeah, I, I Alberto is unironically on the streamer radar this week. I think I had quite a few best ball teams with Alberto as my tight end too. So yeah, that, that went well. Um, I can't believe you didn't remember uh, Jerry Roseberg's name. That's the uh, <laughs> Rosberg. I don't even know how to say his name. I'll be honest. So that's the Broncos interim head coach. But yep, he decided to play Alberto last week, and he caught three or four passes for a touchdown. So um, I think it was forty-five yards. But um, yeah, 
I don't know. He's on the streaming radar. He probably got a better option, but um, he, he split the work with a few other tight ends. He's probably the only pass catcher there. So otherwise, I'm actually writing this game up for our sit start. Um, Latavius Murray had 60% of the snaps last week. Chase Edmonds had 59%. They're both on the field a lot. Um, Edmonds has actually played a pretty good amount here since he's come back off the IR, catching a few passes, nothing outrageous here, but I, I don't expect either of these guys are a big part of their future plans. So I actually think Latavius Murray's a decent low end RB two. He's going to get the volume. He's going to get the snaps and Chase Edmonds is, if you're real desperate, you could play him at running back. Like he's, he's seeing the snaps and he's got a little bit of juice to him. So I don't know. They're not real exciting options, but I, I think they'll give you a decent enough floor. I agree. Yeah. And fairly positive matchup against the chargers too. So yeah, you could, could actually do worse than both Broncos <laughs> running backs this week. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Especially if the chargers have nothing to play for. So yep. um, these are both yeah. good pivots off of Eckler, by the way, if you're wait, waiting true. until game time to see if he's active. Yeah. Yep. And, and I mean, Edmonds came back from IR and Marlon Mack is now on IR. So there's kind of a, a reason why he's playing that much too. So I feel pretty confident in their usage. So, um, okay. Los Angeles Rams at Seattle Seahawks next. Uh, the Rams are eliminated. They also don't have their first round pick. So nothing real clear for them to play for or tank for here. Um, I think it's probably all about, uh, acres here. I mean, Cam Akers played 78% of the snaps last week, 123 rushing yards. I, I think you just keep playing them. I don't, it kind of makes sense for them to call it a year and rest them, but I, it seems like they're going to keep playing them. So I think we probably can too. I think it's about pride for camp makers at this point. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, good, good for him. But yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely start him. Okay. Seattle, uh, they are playing for something. Uh, they need a win and a Green Bay loss or tie to make the playoffs. And Green Bay will play on Sunday night. So they're not going to know about that. So uh, they're going to be going for it. Uh, all of Ken Walker, DJ Dallas, and Tyler Lockett did not practice Thursday, but all of them were generally expected to play. So um, they've been doing this with Walker in Dallas, I guess, recently. So uh, nothing super out of the ordinary. So some injury risk there, but they should be on the field. Um, Walker was 57% of the snaps last week. Dallas, 38%. You're probably playing Walker, both of the receivers. Um, I'm not sure if you're playing a whole lot else here in Seattle. Uh, I guess Geno Smith, he's on the streaming radar, right? I, yeah, I, I think he's above 50%. So yeah, I, yeah. I mean, he's, he's cooled off a little bit recently, but yeah, hard, hard to argue in a game like this against the Rams. Uh, he's, he's like a borderline QB one kind of whatever type of play. I will say just to derail a little bit, I just saw some rookie of the year or offensive rookie of the year odds. Ken Walker is apparently the favorite. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know how I feel about that. Garrett Wilson is right behind him, but it, that he's like pl plus 200 ish. And third was actually Brock Purdy <laughs> around plus 400 plus 500, something like that. So I, I, I don't know why wide receivers have such a hard time winning these awards, but it's, yeah, it's, it's a little strange to me that anybody would want to give Ken Walker an award over Garrett Wilson after what we've seen this year. But I, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm a hater, but that's I just wanted to say that. Yeah, I, I saw that too because betting is now legal in Ohio. And uh, I was like, I don't think he should be the favorite. And then I looked at the rest of the list and I was like, well, I don't know who else they're going to vote for. So I, I think Alave almost deserves it. Well, yeah, I think Alave would deserve it, but he's missed some time. And I, yeah, I, I would rather take a receiver, but I, I'm sure they look at the big gaudy numbers for the running backs. And that's what most of these voters are going with. So um, otherwise, tight end, kind of like I predicted last week, uh, even with 
Will Disley out. Um, Noah Fant, he's playing through injury. He did not play a ton. Uh, Colby Parkinson actually played more and out-targeted him, and he caught a touchdown. So uh, I would not trust Noah Fant right now. In fact, I think Colby Parkinson might be more trustworthy. So um, that's uh, the the end of the Seahawks tight end conversation for the week. So, uh, all right, let's get on to the Giants at Philadelphia. Giants have clinched a six seed no matter what. They're in the playoffs, which is still crazy. Uh, they have no reason to play here, though. So this is one of these teams that's going to rest their starters. Um, Tyrod Taylor is the backup, so it might actually be a functional offense. But I don't think we can trust any of the skill position options. So it's probably not going to matter a whole lot for fantasy purposes. Yeah, no no shot that you want to play. And I, like, I barely want to play any giant starters against the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> like, re- really? I, yeah, I'm not trying to play any of these second stringers against a highly motivated Eagles team who still have not locked up the first round by which they can do with a win. Yeah. So they haven't said Saquon's going to sit yet, but I can't imagine even if he does play, doesn't play more than a couple drives. So uh, it seems like Matt Breed as the backup, Gary Brightwell's there too, but I, I don't think we can play any of these guys. So um, for Philadelphia, like you said, they've clinched the playoffs, but not the division, which is kind of crazy. They could be the one, two or the five seed. So they want to win this one. Uh, I think the big question here would be Jalen Hurts. Uh, he was limited with the shoulder injury. It sounds like he's going to play. Um, I'm not, I don't think I'd be that surprised if he didn't play the full game, but I think you probably just have to play him if he starts the game. I agree. Yeah, you probably just want to play him and you can play the receivers too. Like worst case Minshew comes in and they're both probably still fine as 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 long as all of as long as it's not like a four score blowout and all the starters are sitting down. Yeah, should should be fine to play AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. Yeah, I would definitely play them. I'd play Goddard. Um, Even Miles Sanders, he's questionable, but he seems like he's okay. So I would start all your Eagles pretty much. Uh, Just keep an eye on Hertz's status. But um, yeah, I I feel fine with Minshew in there for the supporting cast. So, all right, last one here. Sunday night football, Detroit Lions at the Green Bay Packers. Detroit's actually going to know if they're eliminated or not before the game starts. Um, they need to win and have Seattle lose or tie. So if Seattle wins, Detroit doesn't have anything to play with, play for. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of try to knock off the Packers regardless. I mean, this could be kind of a, a pretend playoff game for the Lions, even if they don't have a chance. So I don't know. I don't have a lot of great things to say here about the Lions. Um, last week, 47% of the snaps for Jamal Williams, 35% for DeAndre Swift. Swift played well and actually put up fantasy points, but he still has not seen the snaps jump a whole lot. So I I think you could play these running backs if you need to. Uh, there's just a lot of touchdown potential. But otherwise, um, I, I think the Lions will play most of their players. So I don't know if a whole lot changes. I agree. Yeah, I, I think either way they are likely to. Uh, I I can't believe that the one week I wasn't like obsessively and unhealthily looking at DeAndre Swift's snap share, they sn- sneaked him back down to 35%. That's, a, that's pretty tilting, even with the production he had. Yep. I don't know what we're going to do with him next year. I guess we just can't draft him early. Uh, it's a shame. I still think he's talented, but something's going on there. Okay. Um, let's get to Green Bay. If they win, they're in. So this is going to be a full Green Bay team here. Um, Aaron Jones was actually outsnapped by AJ Dillon last week. Jones was a little banged up. Um, Dillon had 46% to 40% for Aaron Jones of the snaps, but Jones outperformed him. Um, but Dylan did run more routes and scored a touchdown. So uh, they're both starts for me. A week 18 with all these situations. We know what we're getting from these two. Relatively good offense. They're good players. Uh, start them for sure. 
yeah, that's that kind of wraps it up. I think it's I I know it's been like a very abbreviated sort of sit start here. I say abbreviated, but we've gone an hour <laughs> as we usually do. But yeah, yeah, it. I mean, a a lot of what comes what this week comes down to is just not having incomplete information and just just kind of yeah. hoping that stuff works out your way. So it, this is if for some reason you're playing a week 18 championship, this is your yearly reminder to change that for next year. Yeah. Yeah. And th- I mean, this was going to be more of a kind of celebratory. We made it to the end of the season, uh, sit start podcast. And then the DeMar Hamlin stuff just kind of made that obviously not, um, real appealing for us. So we figured this was a good way to wrap it up. So kind of similar to our next, um, week 18, what we saw, it's kind of up in the air. We'll see if we feel like having a, uh, a celebratory uh, last podcast or not. Um, we'll see how we're feeling by then. But uh, you, it may, you may not hear from us uh, after Sunday night, but um, we will make sure to get some kind of season wrap up or looking forward, uh, early projection, early rankings, that kind of stuff. So something will be coming up fairly soon. We'll see if it happens this weekend or not. But um, I don't know. Hopefully this was good. Hopefully our intro on Hamlin was uh, all right. Um, we were just Glad to see some good news today, and uh, hopefully we didn't stumble around our thoughts too much. But um, we appreciate you all for listening all year. Um, Again, it's a great community, and uh, it makes things like this a lot easier to deal with. So um, thanks, everyone. We will talk to you soon. And if you do happen to still be playing fantasy football, uh, good luck in week 18.